Hey everybody, welcome to Draft Politics, episode 25. It's the local edition. It's going to be all things strike related. As always, <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, EJ, and with me... Hey, it's Steve, everybody. Yeah, so uh, obviously the strike continues. We're now... We're now, I don't know if this is the longest strike, but it is the longest strike since the 2012 strike. So yeah, we're now so ahead of that. That's true. We've had eight school days missed. Uh, the ninth has already been announced. So, so uh, we, we record on Mondays. Uh, so today was canceled. Tomorrow was canceled already. How are you Ooh. hanging in there, EJ? You know, uh, it's not the best. It's not the best, I tell you what. Um, and I'll, I'll say this, and we'll, you know, there are lots of sides to this story. I, the strike really has, I think, a lot of different parties involved. And you hear a lot about the union, and you hear a lot about the union actually being kind of conflated with the teachers and CPS, Lori Lightfoot, Janice Jackson. Um, but I think the kids and the teachers and the students are all separate parties. So, you know, as a parent, I've got two kids in CPS. We're making it work. Uh, we've got more flexibility than most. So, you know, it's, it's much harder on us. Unlike the teachers, we're getting paid. You know, unlike a lot of parents, we've figured out ways for our kids to, to right. deal. Right, you have the resources. Um, yeah. And so that's, uh, that's all right. But it is, it's tough, man. Uh, and we spent some time uh, last Thursday, uh, we spent some time out on the, the picket line with our kids' teachers, just talking to them, um, just getting their perspective on things. And, you know, e even for them, you know, they're saying, like, you know, we think we're out here for the right reasons. Um, we know that some of these issues are important. We also know that we're being told to go to the doctor this week because... We don't have insurance after Halloween. Oh, yeah. So, you know, they're, you know, and, and they express some guilt. You know, and you know, I've got kids who really need routine, and there's no routine right now. Oh, yeah. You know, and talking to some of my kids' teachers where they're like, we know that that first day back is going to be rough. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Because um, it might just be like, oh, it might be this Thursday. Like, it could be, it could be any day. And suddenly you're all back at work. You're like, oh, yeah. all right. So, you know, again, for me, it's been a little difficult. I think it's harder on my kids than it is on me. Yeah. Um, and it's harder on a lot of other families and the teachers than it is on my whole family. Um, but that said, yeah. You know, we had some up, some good news over the weekend. So, yeah, uh, the SEIU uh, has reached a tentative agreement with the city uh, for the support staff, um, who are also striking as part of this. Um, and while they have reached a tentative agreement, that will they will remain on strike until uh, the teachers have also reached an right. agreement. So, so there is a there is some camaraderie going on. Standing there. in unity with exactly them. yes. Uh, the only detail we know is not really much of a detail is that their their salaries are going to be raised. We don't really know how much and, you know, what all the details of that are or what the length of the contract is. Um, so yeah, I'm assuming it's five years. And presumably uh, that's where it seems like a lot of negotiations have been around. So uh, that's a good sign. Um, sign. 
Yeah, on the CTU side, not as not as great, not as great, um, and oddly, oddly contentious. Um, and I say oddly because everything else seemed to be fairly positive. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing on the the strike front, and I think this is uh, more just sort of an aside. We did see that uh, Chance the Rapper on Saturday Night Live this week. If you listen to our national podcast, you heard this, but Chance the Rapper had a CTU shirt represented uh, the teachers union out there on on the show. Yeah, uh, so it's pretty cool, like seeing sort of a national stage for for Chicago's teachers. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know they're striking for important reasons, um, but we heard. Um, over the weekend that this was the first time that Janice Jackson actually was at the negotiating table. So they said that she hadn't been there before. Uh, but, you know, at the end of Sunday, um, Sharkey from from the union had essentially said she walked away. Yeah. And was intransigent or had, and I quote, gotten real religious, unquote, on a few issues. Yeah. I'm not even sure what that really means, honestly, but... Um, clearly some very uh, strong feelings about those last things. Um, and one of the things that is important, and I, I mentioned this a second ago, was that the union said they're willing to concede and do a five-year contract. Yeah. Which was something that we've talked about several times on the podcast about. Right, is that there's a political advantage to having a three-year contract that favors the CTU uh, because of the way the elections are scheduled, yeah, uh, five year would favor uh, the mayor. So, you know, it isn't clear what concessions they're wanting in order to sign on to a five year deal. So, who knows what comes of that? Yeah, and it, they've come out. the The union has come out and said, "Look, there's like a thirty eight million dollar gap between us to help with things like, and I think they're down to hard caps on class sizes." And prep time for teachers. Yeah. And some other pay increases for teachers who have been there a certain yeah. level of time. And well, and then also there was uh, apparently uh, CPS has agreed to uh, nurses in every school yeah. and counselors in every school where there's still some sticking points on is librarians in every school. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. So, yeah, there's, it, there's definitely progress happening. Uh, obviously, this was not the two-day strike that we had predicted. I know, but totally it feels wrong on that. like I feel like we're reaching a point where the more it drags on, that it will have bad consequences both for CTU and for Lightfoot. Yes, and so I think there's going to be some incentive to just like let's wrap this up, like within this week, maybe next weekend. If it pushes out much past that, it's going to start I, I getting mean, ugly, I think. I, I think. I don't think it makes it through this week without it being really ugly yeah. for a lot of people. Um, and especially when you start seeing a couple things. And one is, you know, they can't agree on math. So teachers say, we're looking for $38 million. And CPS is like, actually, what you say is $38 million is actually $100 million or $110 million or something like that. Right. Like, why can't we agree on what that number is? Yeah. So like we can't agree on facts. Get on, get the same Excel spreadsheet. Like yeah. this isn't this isn't that complicated. Yeah, and it's also pretty clear that, or it seems pretty clear to me that the district has has really accommodated a lot of requests. Like what I haven't seen coming out of either side, and I want to talk about the rhetoric a little bit, but 
what I haven't seen coming out of either side is like CTU saying, well, we gave the on these three or four things and the city gave on these. You know, the city's like, okay, well, you know, we're going we're gonna to commit to in writing a social worker and a nurse in every school. That's pretty big. Yeah. You know, and what I hear, what I hear from the other side is, you know, from the teachers union is, well, they haven't committed. Uh, they're, they're too committed to resource officers or, you know, they've talked about where the priorities from the city are wrong, but they haven't talked about where they've, where they've accommodated. Yeah. And if that's a technique, if that's a strategy on somebody's side to say, look, teachers union, you don't have to come out and say where you've given if we can get to maybe that's one of the things you don't have to say where you've you've kind of given in so that we can get to an end okay um but it's been it for me it's it's felt hard to see where the compromise has been on both well, sides and i think part of the challenge for the ctu as far as that goes is that those compromises were made in 2012 the, that we don't yeah. have those nurses that we don't have yeah. those counselors that the class sizes have grown like and so they're basically having to fight back from the losses that they took previously to get to where they are now. Yeah. And they were either they were either compromises or they weren't or it wasn't th- they part of the negotiation yeah, but it still they, they harmed just weren't them. protected. Yeah. Right? So like nobody would have thought like that. nobody built into the contract how many nurses there had to be because nobody thought you were going to get rid of the nurses. Right. Like that made no sense. Why right. would you do that? And then Rom shows up and does it, you know. And I think that is a, you know, that's another big thing here, which is the rhetoric around it. You know, so. Yeah, uh, Lightfoot kind of stepped in it <laughs> this I, week. I, I mean, uh, like. Talk, talking about bailing out. Like, it's like you're bailing out. Like, it's wait, your. What? Yeah. You can't bail out your own. Wait, huh? You're, you, CPS is yours. Like, it's run by your people. Like, you can't say you're bailing that out yeah. that makes no sense no no that didn't make any sense that was not good and i think on the other side we hear a lot about like you know rhetoric being like Lori's going back on her campaign promises all the way to Lori is just like bruce rauner right <laughs> and, and you go like or Lori well, hates minorities like, like you, you look at that and you go like and and this is what i was talking about in our national politics it's like some people are just like, well, if you don't agree with me on every single thing all the time, then you are the worst person, right? Like, I'm just waiting for the Lori is Trump, right? Like, the where's, yeah. where's that? Yeah. Because, you know, I, I look at it and say there are definite differences. It feels like people are trying to get to the same thing in different ways. And those different ways, those different methods are being demonized. Um, and that's really, that's troubling to me because, you know, when we have people saying, you know, Lori Lightfoot hates minorities, like, right. That makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And it, it, and why is that? Is it because she doesn't want to fund things in the way you want things to be funded or, you know. And, and again, I'm 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 still a Lori supporter. I think she's made some mistakes, but I also appreciate the fact she's been on the job for eight months. Yeah, and so yeah, you're gonna have to judge her 
I mean, ultimately, well, you aren't going to have an opportunity to judge her for, you know, a few years. Um, her early work, I think, you know, in terms of corruption and things like that, really, I think, speaks well of her. The CTU strike, it's been a little bit of a mixed bag. It's kind of going to be a mixed bag by just the nature of the beast. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and then there's the budget that's come right. out and all of that. And those things are inexorably tied. Right. Right? Like, how do you make a budget... When you don't know how much you're going to spend on... Well, and it's just like... And you're making a budget when you're starting off, you know, a billion dollars in the hole. Right. Like, you know, it's 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 hard. And, you know, like, one of the things that, that Lightfoot pledged uh, when she was coming into office was that she was, you know, she talked about uh, reopening the, uh, the, health, the mental health right. clinics. Well, she's not going to do that. So that's a pledge that she made that she's going... She's reneging on. So that's bad. The reality is she should have never made that pledge. Right. I mean, it, just like the practical reality of it, I mean, they should not have closed the clinics. But reopening those clinics, like the amount of money involved in that doesn't make sense. However, there is parts of her budget where there is some additional money to go towards mental health through different channels and like different programs or whatever, but it's not through the clinics. Yeah, and I... So... I know some people who were in Rom's administration. So let's say not even let's not even say in the administration. They worked for city government while Rom was mayor, specifically around finance and accounting. And were there when Lori's people first got exposed to the numbers. And the way <laughs> I'm just imagining them going like it's that bad. <laughs> I mean, the way that they described coming into coming into that and seeing the look on people's faces, they they said like, "Oh, they had no idea." Yeah, they had no idea how bad it was. And honestly, if you said to me like, as a politician, it's easy to give money to everybody. As somebody who's not a politician, you know, to be able to say we're going to make some tough decisions and we're going to do this the way we think we should do it. I, I think that's probably more akin to what's yeah. happened. Like, yeah. we thought we were going to be able to do X, but actually we owed Q. And so now we can only do Y. Yeah. And, you know, this actually reminds me of the previous mayoral election. And when Chewy Garcia was running against Rom, one of the positions, one of the things he said was like, I don't know what the budget's going to be or whatever. He didn't want to commit to yeah. anything because he's like, I know that there's like going to be hidden icebergs in here. And um, actually, this is one of the one of the things that Alderman Pawar pissed me off about. Was he? He basically was part of the the group who kind of kneecapped Chewy on that, saying, "Oh, well, all this information's there, and why don't you know this?" And it's like, this is the illustration of like. No, you aren't really going to know the yeah. real details of this until you're actually in office and actually can see all the details of all the numbers. Yeah. And one of the things that I found really interesting. So I got in a conversation with a teacher on the line and somebody I know, you know, have known for a number of years. And he and I were talking about activism, essentially. And he said, I was surprised at the strike for a couple of reasons, but not surprised for a couple others. And I want to make sure that I start being active in politics in different ways from now on. And he was like, 
next November, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be doing stuff. Yeah. But not here because, you know, it's a safe state. It's not a. And I said to him, like, if you want to get active, the most important thing you can do is work on the fair tax amendment. 100%. In Illinois. And he's like, I don't know anything about it. Yeah. And that blew me away. You know, and I think it's, and, and we should just like, for those of you who haven't listened to us talk about this in previous episodes, a real quick synopsis of what the fair tax is. Um, in Illinois, we have a constitutional, uh, the Constitution mandates that we have a flat tax. 10%. Not 10%. Sorry. Seven, it's like, well, it doesn't mandate what the amount doesn't matter. is. But flat. It's a flat tax. Um, and what the, uh, the governor and the legislature has signed off on is a change to allow us to have a progressive tax. In November, it will be on the ballot whether we want to sign off on that and have a progressive tax or not. What's going to happen is that um, uh, big money interests who don't like paying taxes are going to push back against this. If we pass the fair tax, you will not pay higher taxes. If you are listening to this podcast right now, I promise you, you will not be paying higher taxes. Maybe if you're very wealthy and you're listening to this podcast, but on average, you're not going to be paying higher taxes. The, the, the vast, 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 hold on, I'm counting them, vast, vast majority of yes. Illinoisans will so not So I can pay say more. with some safety, you individual listening to this podcast who has not rated us on iTunes yet, and shame on you, uh, you will not be paying higher taxes. Who will be paying higher taxes is J.B. Pritzker and yeah. Bruce Rauner and other people in that, that sphere who have gotten more benefit out of the system than the rest of us. If we pass the fair tax, that means we won't have to raise property taxes. If we don't pass the fair tax, it will mean fundamentally we're going to have to raise income taxes. We're going to have to raise property taxes because it's the only way we're going to pay for the hole that was dug by, you know, previous administrations, right. basically. Um, and that really is, you know, and the reason I brought that up along with the budget is because, you know, you look at that and you say, this is the thing that's this is the thing that's important. You know, the money's got to come from somewhere. If you look at the problems holistically, you'll see that revenue is part of the equation. Yeah. Um, and, and just to say, I, and I, I want to point this out because I think it's important. If you make $300,000 married in Illinois under the tax proposal that they've laid out, your tax will increase by $1,000 or $100 a month. Yeah. $100 a month. Yes. I don't make $300,000. I'm also willing to pay $100 a month more right. if it means we get better roads and better right. things for our and kids. And yeah. And fundamentally, it will mean not paying more in property taxes, which, you know, that has a particular impact on people who have bought homes older people who yeah. now live in those right. and you know they don't necessarily make enough money that they would even they, well, they almost certainly don't make enough money to hit, start hitting those income tax brackets but they would yeah. get hit if it was a property tax and and here's and 
just to put another little contrast there, if you make $250,000 a year, your taxes decrease. Yes. By a negligible amount. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, not a lot of people make above $250,000 a year. Yeah. I mean, especially, you may know people in the city fine, but across the whole state, yeah. it's a small number. So, I, again, I thought that was interesting because, to me, you know, when we look at, you know, what the budget's based on and how people can spend money, understanding where that revenue is coming from and can come from makes a difference. So, you know, Lori's budget did not include a property in, income tax. It did include some sort of credits back from a pension system, which is not great. So, uh, but also had some increases in spending for sort of more progressive policies. Right. That we've been talked so, about yeah. So, like I meant, you were talking about the mental, there was some money going towards mental health, uh, if not opening the clinics. Um, uh, $10 million for homelessness and affordable housing, uh, which is a fairly significant. I think it was like a 36% increase is what I saw. Which blew me away. Right. So that's good. I mean, that's like good kind of progressive things that are kind of keeping in line with the sorts of things she's promised. Um, water bills, she's sh they want to shift that to monthly billing rather than being every six months, I think it is now, uh, which makes it easier for people to budget. Um, and also like reducing, uh, uh, you know, all the sort of threats of water shutoffs and referral to collection agencies, like trying to make it much more uh, unreasonable for people who are yeah. lower income and are struggling to pay those bills rather than turning into a punishment that then sort of gets yeah. them in a hole that's hard to get out of. And, and those things, again, are generally good, right? So generally good things, maybe not as far or as fast as people want it. Yeah. Well, and I think if you look at, like, overall... The, the you know the relative progressiveness of this of Lightfoot's uh, budget versus what we were seeing from Rahm Emanuel, I think it is a definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah. Although again, I am I am blown away that ten million dollars for homelessness is a thirty six percent increase. Oh yeah. Like when I first saw the number, uh, admittedly, and maybe I, I should have been more informed than this, but I looked at that and I was like, oh my god, what a big cut! That's an increase. Oh no. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's one of the biggest problems I think we have in, in this. I mean, less in Chicago than, you know, some many other major cities. But, you know, cost of living, is, you know, has gone up and it makes it harder for people to be able to afford to, you know, yeah. live where they work and place and things like that. So, you know, at least something's being improved. Well, hopefully, you know, it'll be improved further yeah. down the line. And I guess we'll also see what happens with this. From the uh, from the teachers' contract when it finally gets worked out, hopefully today, tomorrow, um, uh, because this was part of you know there was supposed to be money in there for homelessness you know whether or not it's just students' homelessness or something else um, I think that's that's still a question but yeah I'm very curious like once. Once the strike is all settled, like what what is actually in the deal, and like what are those sort of finer bullet points? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So uh, outside of the city, yeah. Uh, and and it, just a small side point, Gray's Lake. Uh, uh, their teachers. Uh, that's in Lake County. Uh, so that union has uh, sent a notice of strike, ten day. So that was from last week. 
Um, an interesting situation there. They had a contract that was four years with a two-year renegotiation of finances because in that case, they were not sure where their revenue was going to come okay, from. Okay, so similar to what we see yeah. with the CTU right and, now. And okay. they kind of came up with a good compromise there. I thought a good compromise. Um, and I would like to thank, uh, actually, we had one of our listeners point this out to us. I, I wasn't aware of this. Okay. So we had a listener uh, comment on Facebook. So really appreciate that. Um, uh, and we went out and did a little research on it. I, I tried to get a hold, actually, of the, of the union just because I wanted to... There wasn't a lot of detail on their website or anything. Um, not as big of a media campaign, um, but uh, chance the rapper didn't like contact uh, no. you or anything. Uh, no, no chance there. No okay. chance. Aha! Uh-huh. I see what you did. It's there. Not a Lake County guy. But again, outside of that, I think at the state level, uh, we're still seeing some things around the Exelon, you know, pay-to-play patronage stuff. Um, we're going to see a lot more in the next week is is what I've heard and what I've read. So yeah. I think next week we'll we'll find out a lot about where that investigation is going. Yeah. So, yeah, once we got more, we'll uh, be sure to share it with you. And hopefully we'll have lots of good news about the strike. Save EJ from, from the strike. I'm out of here, man. <laughs> Traveling for a couple of days. Maybe I'll take my kids with me. But There you go. Anyway. Another good week in Chicago. Yeah. Everything's still standing. Yep. Everybody indeed. stay strong. Indeed. Take care, Stick everybody. With us. Bye-bye.